بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا وما بعده My brothers and sisters, we continue with the beautiful story of Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma. Um, he was so dedicated to learning and to the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to the service of Rasulullah that it's that he was he had no parallel with you know nobody who was uh, who you could compare with him in these beautiful matters um, somebody asked his servant one day they said tell us something about the life of your uh, your master Abdullah ibn Abbas the servant said to him he waits from one salah he waits for the next salah and in between the two he makes zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now, he was a businessman so he was also doing his business and so on and so forth but he was constantly engaged in the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as the servant says he used to wait from one salah to the next salah so imagine what is his attitude towards salah yeah, may Allah protect us is his attitude like ours where for us salah is a may Allah protect us you know, for, for a lot of us salah is a burden it, we just sort of fulfill it we go dump it and go home like a head loader you know uh, who's carrying stuff on his head he just wants to get rid of this thing which is which is not doing him any good at least as far as he can see and uh, so he just takes it throws it and goes home the, with the sahaba especially with people like Abdullah Nafas this was not how they approached this was not how they approached the Quran this was not how they approached the deen. This was not how they approached uh, Salah. For them, Salah was a huge, uh, you know, blessing. It was a, uh, it was a treasure, and they valued it, and they, uh, they looked forward to it. They waited for it, um, and this was the, you know, the Abdullah ibn Abbas, even Abbas anhu exemplifies this. Uh, but he was not the only one uh, who was like this. So. It was something that was so, you know, that, that they enjoyed. And that's why the Salah was so beneficial for them. They used Salah as a as a huge resource. Uh, if they had any need, they would pray two rakat of Salah and make dua. Uh, if they needed protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they would make two rakat Salah and they would make dua. This was their standard. They did this the whole time. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding and knowledge of uh, salah and the sweetness of it, inshallah. So <coughs> he uh, had a, had a uh, you know very very special uh, love for knowledge, and therefore he admired people like Zaid bin Thabit the recorder of the revelation, and he was the who was also the leading judge and the and jurist consult in Medina. And he was an expert in the laws of inheritance and also in the Tajweed of Quran. When uh, Zaid Radelanu intended to go on a trip, um, Abdullah Radelanu, he was young, he would stand by his side and humbly and he would take the hold, uh, he would take a hold of the reins of his mount 
and he would be like a servant in the presence of his master and zaid bin sabit radhiyallahu anhu used to say to him he said please don't you are the cousin of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam you are from the ahlul bait don't you know do, do not do this i mean he, he said i feel very uncomfortable uh, to be served by you um but abdullah would say this is how we were commanded to treat the learned ones among us we were taught to serve the learned ones among us subhanallah somehow we seem to have lost these uh, basic principles of adab and that is why the baraka has gone from our lives we were taught when we were young that in the presence this was we, we were taught this about all elders but especially with the ulama with the learned people that you did not come into their presence with your head uncovered right you always had a topi you always covered your head when you came into the presence of an alim and second one was that you sat in a position of adab so you sat with your uh, legs folded or in a in a in a position of tashahhud um, you didn't sit you didn't slouch you didn't uh, sort of you know lounge <coughs> and you definitely did not sit with your uh, legs extended and your feet pointing towards the uh, towards the alim or towards the elder that is uh, considered to be in our culture a sign one of the highest signs of disrespect of of uh, of, of of insult but uh, today we have forgotten everything right you go and sit your legs extended and the elders are told they are advised and say no 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 you know these are the youth of today and you have to be understanding inna lillahi wa inna ilaihi rajiun the elder has to be understanding or should the youth be taught what the manners are if all elders are understanding and they never correct and they never teach the youth how will they ever learn anything right may allah give us some brains lahar wala khuwat level we have no brains and the people who give us this advice have even less brains and we have uh, you know we even follow that advice so adab is very very critically important so zaid then radhiyallahu one day this happened so uh, he said don't do this and abdullah radhiyallahu said no i have this is how we have been taught to treat the scholars among us so zaid radhiyallahu said let me see your hand so abdullah radhiyallahu stretched out his hand and zaid radhiyallahu took his hand and he kissed it and he said thus we were commanded to treat the ahlul bait of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam subhanallah see the kind of uh, love for each other see the kind of knowledge see the application of knowledge in life abdullah radhiyallahu uh, as he as he grew his knowledge grew he grew in status masrukh ibn al ajda said of him whenever i saw ibn abbas i would say he is the most handsome of men when he spoke i would say he is the most eloquent of men and when he had a conversation i would say he is the most knowledgeable of men umar ibn al-khattab called him the young man of maturity 
Saad bin Abi Waqas said about Abdullah ibn Abbas he said I have never seen anyone who was quicker in understanding who had more knowledge and greater wisdom than Ibn Abbas. He said, I have seen Umar anhu, call him to discuss difficult problems in the presence of the veterans of Badr, of Badriyin, from among the Muhajirin and Ansar. Ibn Abbas would speak and Umar anhu, would not disregard what he had to say. So Ibn Abbas, therefore, Abdullah Ibn Abbas anhu, therefore was called the uh, the learned man of this ummah. Yeah, he was the alim of this ummah. He was the hakimul ummah. Abdullah ibn Abbas uh, he was never hesitant to learn more and more. And he used to write and he used to teach. Uh, he was, there was a, he used, he used to teach and he, his teaching was very specialized. Um, and so his house became like a like a like a school, like a university, and people would come uh, and listen to him. Um, one of his companions described this typical scene. He said, "I saw people converging on the roads leading to his house until there was hardly any room in front of his house." He said, "I went in and told him about the crowds of people at his door, and he said, "Get me water for wudu." He made wudu. And then he sat down in his place of teaching and then he said, go out and say to them, whoever wants to ask about the Quran and its letters, the pronunciation, let him enter. This I did until the house was filled. Whatever he asked, Abdullah was able to explain and even provide more information than what was asked for. Then to his student he says, make way for your brothers. And then he, then to me, that's the other person, he says, now go out and say whoever wants to ask about the Quran and its interpretation. So the first one was Tajweed of the Quran, how to how to pronounce. Second one is the Tafsir of the Quran. He said whoever wants to ask about the Quran and its interpretation, let him enter. Again the house was filled and Abdullah ibn Abbas answered questions and he gave them information and he explained the Quran to them. And then... The same process continued and people came to talk about fiqh, about jurisprudence, they came to talk about halal and haram, what is prohibited and what is permitted in Islam, they came to talk to him about inheritance laws, they came to talk to him about Arabic language and Arabic poetry and etymology. Um, So he uh, was an expert on all of these things. Now to avoid congestion with many groups coming into the house to discuss many topics on a single day, Abdullah decided to devote one day exclusively for a particular discipline. So one day was only the tafsir of the Quran. Uh, on another day it would be fiqh. On another day the maghazi of Rasulullah uh, then history of the Arabs and so on. Each was, each uh, topic was taught on a particular day. Um, inshallah we'll talk about more of this uh, and may Allah grant us the tawfiq. Imagine the people who come to also learn. Today it's not, of course I, I don't, I cannot and I will not claim that there is, you know, we have uh, somebody like Abdullah ibn Nawaz in our, in our midst. But whoever we have, whoever has more knowledge than us,
Imagine, Abdullah ibn Abbas with all his knowledge went and sat outside the door of a sahabi about whom he heard that he knew one hadith that Abdullah ibn Abbas didn't know. So he did not go to the sahabi thinking that here is this great scholar of Islam who has so much knowledge, much more than me. No, he has one hadith, one hadith he knows, which I don't know. And that one hadith was enough to draw him to his company to go and sit there in a, in a state of uh, a person in need, right, in a humble way, and to ask him for, uh, ask him to share that knowledge. Now, this is the issue as far as we are concerned. What is our attitude towards people of knowledge? We want to dictate. Don't talk so long. Don't talk so, so short. This accent, that accent, right? Don't say, don't speak loudly, don't speak softly. Uh, do this, do that. Uh, this time is not convenient for me. That kind of time is not convenient for me. Subhanallah. Then, then we wonder how is it that we do not have knowledge. We don't have knowledge because we don't want knowledge. As Abdullah ibn Abbas said to the man outside whose door he sat, he said, knowledge must be sought. I have to humble myself and bring myself to your door to learn from you. That is the demand of knowledge. Remember, Musa salam was a Rasul of Allah. He was Sahibul Kitab. He was the he was one of the Ulul Azam, Minar Rusul, one of the greatest of the messengers of Allah. But when he needed to learn something, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him to Khizr. Khazr alayhi salam. He sent him to Khizr. He did not tell Khazr alayhi salam to go and teach Musa wherever Musa was, alayhi salam. No. We must understand this without knowledge, without adab, without humility in seeking knowledge, we will never learn anything. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.